1: Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio, where each week we talk with creative Mississippians. I'm your host, Lauren Rhodes, Director of Grants at the Mississippi Arts Commission. And today I'm talking with Dr. Annette Trefser. Annette is a professor of English at the University of Mississippi. She's the author of the new book, Exposing Mississippi, Eudora Welty's Photographic Reflections, which is the first full-length work to look critically at Eudora Welty's work as a photographer. Trefzer's other books include Disturbing Indians, the Archaeology of Southern Fiction, as well as multiple critical volumes on William Faulkner, all published by University Press of Mississippi. Welcome, Annette. Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm honored and excited to be here.
1: Well, first off, congratulations on the publication of the book and the um, I I read the entire thing. It's a beautiful, beautiful book and so incredibly readable and well-researched. So again, congratulations. And um, before we dive into talking though about Eudora Welty's photography, I'd like to just ask you a few questions about your background. Um, Can you tell us first about what your, what classes you teach at University of Mississippi and then also your areas of expertise as a scholar?
0: Yeah, so I have been teaching at the University of Mississippi um, since the fall of 1999. I'm teaching classes in 20th century American literature. Uh, My expertise is in Southern literature. I sometimes teach Native American literature as well um, and uh, Native American film. But I'm really very content teaching Southern literature. I am at a very good place to do so, and um, I'm um, that's my field of expertise, and I've added um, some knowledge in photography to all of this.
1: Of course. Yeah, I'm sure. And um, how did you first become interested in Southern literature? Did your, did your interest come first, or did your move to Mississippi then, you know, pique your interest in Southern literature?
0: <laughs> that is a good question. My interest came first. Um, I took a class at the University of Hamburg when I was a student, in Germany, and we read um, fiction by Flannery O'Connor and William Faulkner, um, Catherine Ann Porter, and I can't remember if Welty was included in the class, but I was very interested in William Faulkner, whose fiction, frankly and honestly, I did not really understand, and so (laughs) I was curious (laughs) to, to come to the place that he was writing about, and my interest in Southern literature was actually started in that class at the University of Hamburg in the cold weather.
1: Wow, that's that's incredible. Um, I always wonder how did you read um, in in English because I always wonder how Faulkner and Welty translate into other languages.
0: Yeah, I read in English, and part of the difficulty of understanding, of course, um, as a as a German student, was the language itself, the long sentences, the grammatical constructions, the uh, idiosyncrasies of the language the concepts I had no idea about I didn't know what a wake was and what, what was going on <laughs> yeah. and so I was just really curious about um, the language and the culture that the southern writers that I encountered in that class um, were presenting and I thought well there is no better way than to actually go and look and try to check out um, what the south is like
1: So then did you first come to Mississippi as a student?
0: (laughs) No, (laughs) I did not. I actually, I came as a graduate student to Tulane University. Okay. And um, there I took Southern literature. I studied with Professor Michael Kraling, with Bob Brinkmeyer, with, uh, I got to meet uh, Dr. Rebecca Mark, who's a wealthy scholar. And so my serious kind of exposure to Southern fiction actually started at Tulane University in New Orleans, Louisiana.
1: Well, fascinating. And you've been here, so almost 22 years at university or 23 years at the University Mm -hmm. of Mississippi. So um, when did you first get interested in Welty's photography? Because a lot of people, at least in Mississippi, are aware that Welty was a photographer, but it's definitely her fiction that receives the most attention.
0: Yes, and you know, I started with the fiction. Um, I was really interested in Welty. um, My my serious interest began about 15 years ago. I taught an undergraduate class in um, Eudora Welty's short stories. So we read every story from A Curtain of Green uh, to The Wide Net, to The um, Golden Apples, to um, The Bride of the Innisfallen*, and so made our way all the way through her fictional canon of short stories um, and I was first really fascinated with her fiction. Uh, it's deep, it's witty, it is complex. It is mm-hmm. so under the surface oftentimes. Um, yeah, so I, I just fell in love with with her fiction. And, um, I, and initially I thought actually I was going to write a book on Welty during the Depression. Mm-hmm. And so being of a German academic tradition. I started at the very beginning, with the very beginning of things, and with her earliest stories, but then also immediately with her photography. Because the fiction essentially uh, comes at the same time as the photography, though Welty imagined herself as a, as a photographer before um, she had success publishing her stories. So she wanted to become a serious professional photographer. and. I kind of got stuck at that moment of, wait, here is a writer who thinks that she is a photographer. Mm-hmm. And what would happen if we took that seriously? Um, what would happen if we didn't say, well, Eudora Welty uh, is a famous writer. But before that, she was experimenting in photography. But what if we said Welty wanted to be a photographer? What kind of a photographer is she? You know, what is her eye eye seeing what is she catching what is she interested in and so the book on Eudora Welty in the depression never happened instead the book on Welty in photography happened
1: (laughs) oh that's really interesting (laughs) but it seems like a you know a, a a logical transition in a lot of ways because there is quite a lot of overlap too in her fiction and and photography um, or at least, if you're reading, if you see some photos and then later read stories, you can see certain characters maybe show up that might have become, you know, been inspirations from her.
0: Yes, travels. I I totally agree. Um, and many uh, photo books have been published that use excerpts from some of her stories as subtitles or guidelines for reading uh, a photograph. And because Eudora Welty, of course, is a great fiction writer, uh, many of the scholars have training in literature. And uh, for those of us who have training in literature, it seems to be more comfortable oftentimes to say, oh, this photograph reminds us of uh, mm. this, such and such story, or, oh, here are photographs of grave markers. And doesn't it look like a passage from the optimist's daughter or, or such things? And so right. the discussion of Eudora Welty's photography, um, and there's there's lovely scholarly discussion of Eudora Welty's photography, but it's mostly happened in conjunction with the fiction. So I was curious about what would happen if we really just looked at the photography as photography, um, uh, as exposures sort of made during Depression, um, as uh, photographs taken uh, at a time when documentary photography was particularly prevalent. Um, I wanted to ask, what did Welty know about photography? Uh, what turned her on to photography? What did she see? What what interested her about this medium? Um, and so, so I was interested in a kind of discussion in this book that goes away from, oh look, this photograph. Uh, is almost like a certain story yeah and I just wanted to say what about the photography itself
1: have it stand on its own yes so could you just give us an overview then of um, exposing Mississippi and kind of the, the interesting way that you decide to to break down the different sections of the book
0: Yeah, so um, I begin essentially by um, one second. I'm taking a look at the book here by asking, "What is the vision that we're getting? um, What is Welty's vision? And um, and um, is she? Who are the photographers um, who mean a lot to her? And are there some photographers that she likes less?" And you'd be surprised um, in all of the essays and letters and so on, Eudora Welty actually talked a lot about uh, photography. So my first question was of the kind of modernity of her vision. Um, Then the second question I had is like, so where were some of her photographs published in the 1930s and 40s? Um, Because her big photo book, the photo book that um, made her debut as a photographer, one time, one place doesn't really come out until 1971. And then I essentially look at the photographic archives. I spent a lot of time at Mississippi Department of Archives and History.
1: And, I am sure. uh,
0: yeah, I, <laughs> I looked um, at all the contact prints of uh, Eudora Welty's photographic archive. And so that meant that I was working with magnifying glass a lot, and that I had a lot of questions about locations. And so what I discovered in looking at the uh, total archive of the photography is that Eudora Welty mapped a lot of places. And so in the remaining chapters of my book, there are three more chapters, I look at the, um, the way in which Eudora Welty captures institutional landscapes, Uh, leisure landscapes, and um, finally memorial landscapes. And then that sort of sense, my book also veers away from um, our emphasis really on uh, photographs that Eudora Welty took of people, and those are very, very important, to um, how did Eudora Welty see the landscape of Mississippi. What is that cultural landscape? What literally is that sort of institutional landscape that comes um, into her lens? And you know, why why did she take photographs of the old Capitol, for instance, or why did she take photographs of the old um, asylum? So I that's so that's sort of like the drift of my book from um, what is her vision to. What are these cultural landscapes that she's interested in, and why? Hmm.
1: Um, you you mentioned a little bit of your your research in in the archives, and what's cool is in the book you have some of Welty's photos that have never been published before. Um, and I know from from past working at the, the Welty House and Garden that sometimes it can be difficult to to track down some of these photos. What was your you know, what was your research process like in in the archives? And was there there some of that kind of, you know, going down rabbit holes?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I spent hours. (laughs) But the research process was really guided by places. What photographs were taken in Jackson? What photographs were taken in Crystal Springs? um, What photographs were taken at the fair? And so I discovered a lot of photographs that are stellar and amazing that have never been published and and uh we're still sort of waiting for the digital archives to come forth to actually show us the full extent of her archive
1: hi i'm lauren rhodes you are listening to the podcast version of the mississippi arts hour the arts hour is a co-production of the mississippi arts commission and mpb think radio you can also listen to the show on think radio every sunday afternoon at five To have access to all Arts Hour interviews, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app.
0: Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: You're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm Lauren Rhodes, Director of Grants at the Mississippi Arts Commission. Today, I'm talking with Annette Trevster. Annette is a professor of English at the University of Mississippi and the author of a new book on Eudora Welty's work as a photographer that has just come out this spring with University Press of Mississippi. Welcome back, Annette. And um, I'd like to ask you about a term that Welty uses with her photos, she calls them snapshots, um, which I always took to be a sign of her signature humility as an artist. But you point out in the book that there's a greater technical meaning to the term snapshot. And it was a very, you know, purposeful term that she used in terms of the style and and process in, in her style of photography. Can you tell us a little more about that?
0: Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> yes. So, Eudora Welty does use that term snapshot actually in the introduction to her photo book, One Time, One Place. And you're absolutely right. Lots of people believe that it was her own modesty that sort of made her present the photography as um, snapshots. Now, um, the way, you know, of, of course, the way I see the snapshot is actually it's become a photographic term, of course, especially. Um, since the 1960s and 70s. So today we talk about um, straight photography and um, snapshot photography and street photography and um, such photographic genres. And the way um, I see Welty's sort of positioning or terming, calling her photographs snapshots, not as a necessarily innocent gesture, if you will, Um, when Eudora Welty took the photographs in the 1930s and she took them in Mississippi and Mississippi was segregated and Eudora Welty took a lot of photographs of African-Americans in Mississippi as they went about their daily business, as they were meeting on the streets, as they were going shopping, as they uh, just went about their daily lives. She took a quick snapshot to capture the gesture, the situation, the meaning, the the atmosphere of that particular moment. And um, so when Eudora Welty took the photographs in the 1930s, the so-called snapshot was a fitting method for her to capture a kind of Mississippi that was not stylized and, and, um, uh, and sort of staged. She was very interested in sort of capturing what I would say Henri cartier bresson calls the decisive moment. So she, she says, I waited for the gesture and I caught the gesture, the right moment. So the snapshot was a practice that I would say um, made visible things in the 1930s and 40s that were normally not visible, that did not belong to, I use an academic term now, but the visual regime of a particular time that was used to seeing people in a certain way. Mm. So the snapshot technique kind of like um, transcends um, a stylized um, uh, um, photograph that corresponds to certain expectations. When she uses this term in the 1970s, when her book comes out, the term snapshot actually had become a, a photographic term. So it's a technique in the 30s that helps her transcend the limitations of her environment. And it becomes a term with which she situates herself in a moment of photographic modernity. So with kind of like street photography that had become uh, acceptable, hip, a new, and an art form. So I don't think snapshot is an innocent Mm -hmm. and or modest term at all. I think it's a, as I said, it was a technique and then it had become a term signaling the modernity of her vision, signaling with whom she wanted to be aligned in the world of photography. And it was more so the people like uh, Berenice Abbott uh, with whom she really wanted to study Uh, than some other people who uh, were uh, pursuing uh, pictorial photography of an earlier time.
1: Well, and I was really interested too that, you know, she was very savvy and very aware of these different artistic traditions and philosophies. And, um, you know, I was really interested by your discussion of Bernice Abbott and Doris Bowman. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, and their influence on on Welty as a photographer. Can you talk a little bit about these two women and how Welty responded to each of their, their, you know, ways of their photography styles?
0: Yeah, I mean, you just have to listen to Welty and what she says about photography and whom she mentions and you already know the kind of photographer that she is. So, Berenice Abbott was a photographer who had trained with Man Ray in Paris in the 1920s. So she was an avant-garde artist, a young woman in the exciting Paris of the 1920s. And when the Depression hit, Berenice Abbott returned to New York City. But she came with a whole photographic archive of uh, an older photographer named Eugene Ager. Eugene Ager had photographed um, Paris from the turn of the century to his death in 1927 and um, Berenice Abbott befriended him, and she actually took a photograph of Eugene Nager. She felt that this particular older photographer was presenting Paris in in an unsentimental and non-touristy way. And so he was kind of like modeling a mapping of the city, the streets, the stores, and offered a beautiful way of seeing. And when Berenice Abbott came with this whole photographic archive, from Paris back to New York, actually, it made really big news, um, because photographs at that time would have been on glass plates, certainly um, Eugène Atget's photographs were, and so she comes with this storage of boxes of glass plates by this photographer, and um, she begins advertising his photography and um, showing it in different sort of galleries, so it was a, she was a very big sort of champion, uh, early champion of you know, an an early documentary photographer, this guy, Eugene Ager. And so Welty, in 1934, tried to apply for photographic instruction with Berenice Abbott. She may have heard Welty was well-read. She read the New York Times. She read everything she could get her hands on. And so she knew about Berenice Abbott and she'd she'd applied to study photography with her. Berenice Abbott in 1934 was teaching at the New School in New York City. And we have an application letter that Welty wrote to Berenice Abbott, where she says that um, she she would like to come study and learn how to take really good pictures and enlarge. Um, And Abbott is the photographer, of course, who um, photographed for the WPA. She created a book um, uh, on New York. And um, and so Welty said, you're the one with whom I really want to study. You are the amazing, young, wonderful sort of photographer. And in this letter, she said, I do not like Ullman's pictures. And that's essentially code word to say, mm-hmm. I am loving this modern style of seeing, and I'm reacting against or turning against uh, Doris Ullman's pictorial style um, of photography. That was oftentimes soft, um, focused pictorial photography. Um, Doris Ullman also photographed, say, the Gullah people of South Carolina, and she photographed in Appalachia. and um, But all um, with with the kind of typecasting of, say, cultures that were on their way out or that still needed to sort of be rescued. Um, hmm. Eudora kind of
1: romanticizing. Not
0: absolutely romanticizing and Welty was 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 not interested in that at all
1: that's fascinating and um so she also you know was taking Welty was and by the way she did not get accepted by Bernice right so (laughs) unfortunately that would have been an interesting new path but um So she took, Welty did take a lot of photos though in New York City that most people who are familiar with her work are not completely aware of.
0: Yes. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So um, right after, I would say it was after 1934, after she'd applied uh, to Baroness Abedin, and we, I've, I've corresponded actually with the Abbott biographer, um, who found um, Eudora Welty's letter of application to Abbott, but we have no response back, unfortunately. Mm. I'm sure Abbott had lots to do, and she herself tried to support herself uh, during the depression. Um, but yes, so interestingly, you know, Eudora Welty in 1935 bought herself a new camera. It was a uh, Kodak Recomar camera, and with that camera she photographed in New York. So even though she did not uh, get accepted into Berenice Abbott's class, she then takes her own camera. She's abroad in New York City. And what's so interesting, when you take a look at the photographs that she took of New York City, you can actually see that it's almost like Berenice Abbott and Eudora Welty crossed paths. They must have crossed paths um, because Abbott has a lot of photographs of the L, the elevated um, uh, train, and Eudora Welty has photographs of the L. They were both really drawn to the light and shadow, to that sort of play of light underneath the L, Um, and so Eudora Welty has taken her own pictures of of those kinds of locations. They were also drawn to, to the Lower East Side. They photographed you know, in the same neighborhoods. Um, And so what I wanted to do was really sort of of to speculatively uh, put these photographs side by side and say, here is the Abbott photo and here is the Welty photo, Uh, take a look. Um, It is um, not impossible that Welty would have seen some Abbott uh, photography shows. In fact, that's quite likely that she was in New York uh, catching some, some of those exhibitions. (laughs) And, um, and so in any case, I I had a lot of fun sort of like saying Abbott is Welty's informal teacher. Um, Mm. Yeah, in in New York, after all.
1: It was very cool to see those photos side by side and and see some of the similarities. and and you said that Bernice Abbott was uh, a WPA photographer, and I think a lot of people assume that Welty took many of her photographs in while she was working with the WPA. But she was not a WPA photograph uh, photographer. Um, hmm. Can you maybe give us a little context on what you know? What made Welty's style of photography distinct from many of the other WPA? photographers who are in the South and in, in Mississippi? Mm-hmm.
0: Sure. I mean, first, maybe we should say that the W W uh, P a was the works progress administration. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and it, it was, um, sorry, it, it, um, uh, it was a government sponsored program during the 1930s in which president Roosevelt um, uh, uh Created Works Progress Programs, and among those Works Progress, works progress Programs was the Farm Security Administration uh, program. And, the photo- and so, in in this uh, in the context of this uh, governmental program, photographers were hired to document the plight of Americans during the Depression. Now, a lot of these photographers were actually uh, from the North, and photographs taken in the South. So were, for instance, um, made by Walker Evans, who's not from the South, or Arthur Rothstein, Dorothea Lange, uh, Marion Post Walcott. Um, And um, so the the, the kind of documentary archive that we have uh, created by WPA photographers was was created by these photographers from the North who came to the South. Now, Eudora Welty had applied uh, for uh, photography position actually with um, Roy Reed. I think that was um, in, in, in 1935, I would imagine, um, but was actually turned down. They said they did not really have an opening. Hmm. So many of us oftentimes wonder what would have happened had Eudora Welty been accepted uh, into the cadre of FSA photographers. Um, now, what distinguishes the FSA photographers from, say, the photographs that Welty did is that FSA photographers responded to a script. Uh, Roy Roy Stryker was the head of the FSA, and he basically told his photographers, so you, you all go out and give me some photographs of train stations, grocery stores, people lounging on the sidewalk, and so they all had sort of script. Eudora Welty did not have a script, clearly. She Mm -hmm. was not working for the FSA. And so she chose her own shooting locations and she chose those things that were interesting to her. Now, she did work for the WPA, but as a junior publicity agent. So she went to work sites, um, governmentally sponsored work sites, and she wrote uh, up what the progress was on various different work sites. And in the process of going there, she says, she quickly um, took her camera and started taking pictures at these these sites. So Eudora Welty is a self-guided photographer who's never uh, publicly employed uh, or legally employed by the WPA, um, but who, in traveling to those sites, um, took some photographs there.
1: Hi, I'm Lauren Rhodes. You are listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The Arts Hour is a co-production of the Mississippi Arts Commission and MPB Think Radio. You can also listen to the show on Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5. To have access to all Arts Hour interviews, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: You're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm Lauren Rhodes from the Mississippi Arts Commission, and I am talking with Annette Trefser about her new book on Eudora Welty as photographer. Before the break, Annette, we were talking about uh, WPA photographs and, and compared to Welty's photographs during the Great Depression. Um, And in the book, you mentioned that a lot of the emphasis of the WPA photos was on depicting um, white families in the Deep South and and particularly impoverished white white people. Um, Whereas Welty's photos aren't necessarily concerned with documenting um, whiteness and or poverty as the individual lives of Mississippians. Um, And many of her photographs are of Black Mississippians. Can you talk a little bit more
0: about that? Yeah, so with the WPA style um, photography, um, as I've mentioned before the break a little bit, uh, there was a script and there was a clear governmental purpose for taking those photographs, uh, especially in the early years of the WPA. Um, as we said Welty did not really have any such script Um, so what's really interesting when I took uh, when I was taking a look at WPA uh, photographs um, there are some similarities between um, subject matter that those photographers uh, approached and uh, Welty so for instance um, and then I will address the sort of the racial component of this but so for instance Eudora Welty took a beautiful photograph between 1935 and 1936 of a farm to market road worker. It is a half length kind of portrait and it shows a road worker lighting a cigarette. His head is kind of like pulled over his eyes. It's a similar, very similar photograph by Arthur Rothstein, a photograph called Cotton Sharecropper in Lauderdale County, Mississippi, taken in August of 1935. So there are some similarities in subject matter that Eudora Welty and FSA photographers actually have Um, in in the sense that they were trying though um, to document, maybe not to editorialize. Um, There is a a lovely cemetery monument in the Crystal Springs Cemetery termed Mott that Walker Evans photographed uh, probably two months before Eudora Welty photographed the same monument. Wow. And so, yeah, so they almost like crossed paths in the Crystal Springs Cemetery. The same <laughs> um, exact
1: monument. in The, in the same cemetery. exact
0: monument. Um, uh, Walker Evans took a a, a straight uh, shot of it and Eudora Walti took a shot that aims up a little bit to catch the young man and his dog. Very dramatic monument, beautiful, beautiful. I have never seen it in person yet, but maybe there's somebody out there Listening could tell me where in the Crystal Spring Cemetery that monument is. I would be very interested uh, in that. But so they're they were both interested in the same uh, material, <clears throat> but Welty was interested in rendering this material a little bit more uh, dramatically. Now you also asked about um, the focus, especially on white poverty during the WPA. Um, and during the depression that's absolutely true though these photographers also photographed um, black families the most uh, famous example we have of um, uh, WPA uh, photography is the collaboration between Walker Evans and um, uh, um, the. the yeah, thank you so much. Exactly. <laughs> Let us now praise famous men, which was about three uh, families from Hale County, Alabama. So, Eudora Welty, in in her photography, oftentimes photographs African American life, as I've um, already maybe mentioned a little bit. Um, and when she pulled together her photo book, One Time, One Place, that she published in 1971. It actually contained uh, about a hundred photographs, um, of which there are um, only about twenty of uh, white subjects. The rest is of African American subjects. So, Eudora Welty was really interested in uh, documenting African American life. Um, she was uh, in sort of pulling this together at the post Civil Rights moment, right in 1971. Uh, she. She thought maybe this was the the right moment to um, show her photographs, uh, her photographic enterprise from the 30s, at a moment when black was beautiful, and she, um, her photographs resonated, then finally resonated at that particular kind of time period.
1: And what's what I found um, really interesting too about your discussion of of one time one place is. Uh, how she put it together um you you talk a little bit about the dummy book. Can you tell us what the what the dummy book was? That was her term for it, and how she laid out her artistic vision. For yeah, that book
0: so you have to imagine you know it's it's nineteen seventy one Eudora Welty is by now a famous writer, a worldwide known uh, writer. And so when she embarks on her photographic project, which she never gave up on, uh, it was just not the right time to have this published in the 1930s. She couldn't find a publisher then. Um, she, uh, She creates this visual narrative. I call it a visual narrative. And when I went into the archives, I was really interested in the degree of control that Eudora Welty had over this narrative. My question was, um, did somebody arrange the sequencing or was it Eudora Welty herself? And I found in the archive, I found what she refers to as the dummy book, which is a ring binder of black paper into which she had glued um, the photographs in the order in which she wanted those photographs to appear in the book. So she crafted the sequencing and the visual narrative and um, in in this book she wants to tell a story about what um, work day was like in Mississippi, Saturday, Sunday, and then she ends the book with um, a series of portraits. Um, So she, at at this kind of like post-civil rights moment, she creates an economic, racial, and gendered history of Mississippi according to to her own um, narrative agenda, if you will. And um, and so she, with that, I think she wants to confront the way the public has come to understand the depression, poverty in Mississippi, uh, poor Black people, uh, and so, instead, she's crafting this narrative, and it is a narrative of vibrancy, of agency, of beauty, of depth, of understanding, of contact between the photographer and her African-American subjects. Um, so, it is indeed of one time, one place, but it is Eudora Welty's um, understanding of that time and that place and what she wants us to get out of this, um, you know, in the 1970s. So I would say it is the best guide into a photographic archive. I took this book and said, okay, Eudora, you put this book together. You sequenced it. You chose the photographs for it. You curated it, so to speak. So what can I learn from you about what you were after? And so... Um, it's, it's, uh, it is her photographic intervention into the ways we understand Mississippi, the Depression, um, and everybody who lives here. Um, yeah, so that, that was the discovery of the dummy book. It was like amazing. She did it herself. She sequenced. She directed the story that she wanted to tell. I just
1: love imagining her. Kind of gluing those photos into this album and spending, you know, spending probably hours arranging and rearranging those photos until it was absolutely perfect. Um, so that I just love imagining the dummy book, um, <laughs> which is anything but a dumb, you know, a, a dummy. Um, yeah, and she calls it one time, one place. She called it a, a family album. Um, yeah. What What does that? what did that term mean mean to her um, in the context of that book
0: you know that is such a really good question because um, clearly it is not Eudora Welty's family album there is there are no photos of her family Mm -hmm. in one time one place so what does she actually mean when she says it's a family album in pasting together and sequencing photographs of African-Americans and whites and and, and kind of the whole Mississippi landscape, is she embracing uh, a kind of family here? Um, Maybe, and Eudora Welty was savvy about photography, Uh, maybe this title alludes to an earlier exhibit in the 1950s by um, Steichen, The Family of Man, which was an attempt um, of representing, I don't know, people from all over this world and just say, we're all a family of people. Um, It was uh, later judged by Susan Sontag and Roland Barthes as a fairly naive sort of way of um, understanding, um, I don't know, humankind as a family. Mm. Uh, And a 1950s sort of pre-civil rights way of understanding that everything was fine. Uh, so possibly the family album is an allusion to that. Uh, it's a correction of that vision. Um, anyway, that that's immediately sort of like what I, what I thought of when I read a family album. Um, it's a different kind of family that's represented here. And in, we just have a, a short
1: amount of time left, but I just want to ask what what do you want readers to take away from your book, Annette?
0: I want readers to enjoy the story. I want readers to get to know Eudora Welty as a photographer. I want readers to um, understand that Eudora Welty had a vision that she was curious to share with us and that this vision is sophisticated and and witty and smart and beautiful, and it is still so appropriate. Um, So I would like readers to um, take a peek at this book and uh, discover Eudora Welty as a talented photographer. Thanks for listening to this MPB Think Radio podcast. MPB depends on support from listeners. So if you can, please contribute today at mpbonline.org.